Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. My name is Gary. And this is Mike. And this is Daniel. Well, guys... We just went through Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? Fantastic. I had a fantastic week. It was great. It was wonderful. Nice to have family around and uh, eat lots of good food and really good experience. Well, I think it's time for another episode on gratitude. What a perfect time of year for something like that. Yeah, I do. In fact, I'll, I'll be honest with I'll be honest with you. Gratitude is one of my favorite things to talk about. I love it. I have a lot of personal experience with it. It's helped me through some very, very difficult things. So I never grow weary of it. And mm-hmm. if we're not careful, this is going to become a yearly tradition. Or... At this time of year, I can't think of anything better. I think it's a great topic. Yeah. So it's a no, great... it's a really good one. And it's something that's very helpful in getting out of that negative mindset. And I don't think it grows old. No, I don't I think really, so It's something either. that's worthwhile uh, to all of our listeners over and over and over again. I, it, without a doubt, it is probably one of the most significant recovery tools. I think. I mean, as I think through a handful of tools, and obviously there's some some quick things that you can put together. But gratitude, I mean, longest lasting, longest lasting, powerful tool that I think I've seen. Yeah. So we came in. We came in tonight, and I said I heard something that I really, really like. And sure. I said I'm going to find a way to work it into one of our podcasts. And then you guys said, Well, let's let's. What is it? Sure. And so I said I heard something. I heard something in a little uh, little podcast that really stuck to me. And, and what I said is it's impossible. Let's see. It's impossible to be a good person without gratitude. And it's impossible to be a happy person without gratitude. Yeah. And so then I shared the podcast with you guys and we just got done listening to it. And, and so we're eager to talk about it. For those of you who are curious, this is, this is just a, uh, from a series called five minute videos. And the title of it is, is the key to unhappiness. Who's the remind me again of the uh, the speaker? Uh, Dennis Prager. Dennis mm-hmm. Prager. Dennis Prager. Five minute videos. The key to unhappiness. Anyway, he made some really really good points, and I I really enjoyed. I intended to write some notes while we were listening to it mm-hmm. together, and and then discuss it. And I jotted down maybe two things, but I really enjoyed the two of you just furiously going at it. <laughs> <clears throat> The difficult part is when I write notes like that, I can mm-hmm. never read them. So what I have is a whole lot of chicken scratch in front of me, and I'm hoping to make some. I just have nice handwriting, so I can read everything I, of mine. That is so you. Well, what, what, what did you write? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, it was a really good uh, podcast. I mean, even though it was five minutes, he packed in a lot of information. He really did. And, I mean, just... From the things that stood out to me in the moment I was listening, I'm sure I didn't catch everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a word he used that resonated with me and was part of his rules. Rule one, rule one and rule two. Rule one states that the less you feel entitled to something, the happier you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And then rule two is the more you feel entitled to something, the, the more unhappiness you're going to experience. Yeah. And the reason I think that that, that word resonated with me is, is that I, my addictive behavior was centered very much around entitlement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to, to, to recognize some of the other things that he brought up is, is that if you're, not, if you're not feeling any kind of gratitude whatsoever, you tend to be a very angry person. 
So yeah, entitlement. Fact, Go ahead. No, I didn't mean to step on you, but he said uh, anger goes hand in hand with ingratitude. ingratitude. Yes, that's correct. And the reason I find those words so powerful is is that those were very much descriptive words of my acting out behavior, my mm-hmm. addictive. Those are very much a centerpiece of my acting out behavior. I acted out because I felt like I was entitled to this or that. And when I didn't get this or that, I became angry, which then started again the cycle for me, which meant that I acted out again because, remember, I was entitled mm-hmm. to that, and I was angry when I didn't receive it. So, again, everything he had to say was very powerful in terms of my own my own addictive cycle and my own addictive behavior, and therefore then uh, the, uh, how meaningful it is then to, to experience recovery and understand then a little bit about getting rid of the anger and about being more grateful. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, you know, a lot of my addiction was based around that entitlement. You know, even though I didn't, wasn't actively thinking of it in that moment, you know, I, you know, I expected certain things to happen. Right. You know, coming home from work, I spent all day working and bringing in, you know, money for the household. And yet, you know, I came home and, you know, I, Felt like I was entitled to have some downtime to kind of transition, but not realizing, you know, my ex was, she was dealing with the kids all day. When does she get downtime, you know, or entitled to other things, you know, especially in the bedroom realm. And now I, I'm not, I don't expect those entitled things, you know, it's just life is how it is and I'm grateful for what it is. But yeah, I was miserable when I was expecting those things in, to be entitled to me. You know, and because I just, I was ornery, I was angry, and it's like, well, why am I not getting these things? I should be getting these things. You know, and looking at my kids, I see that. Like, I, I should be able to play my tablet and play, you know, for hours on end. It's like, no. You know, and, mm-hmm. and then they get angry at me or upset. Or, I think I should have been born in the 50s. You remember the commercials from the 1950s, right? The old black and whites mm-hmm. where dad came home from work to, a, you know, his wife who'd already got the dinner on the mm-hmm. table and... He sat down in his comfortable chair, and the dog went out and got the newspaper for him and yeah. brought him the newspaper, and his favorite beverage was right there, and you know all those sorts of things. That's sort of my world. I guess I had in my mind mm-hmm. that my life would be something like that. And whenever it wasn't, if my house wasn't perfectly spotless, I, you know, whatever it was that I wanted to be angry about, that I was angry about what had happened during the day, I brought that home with yeah. me. And, and some very similar to you, uh, I projected that, obviously, on my wife and my children. I didn't realize that the fear that my wife lived under as a result of my anger yeah, um, and, and feeling I was entitled to so many of these things. I was an angry human for a long period of time. Yeah, and that's so. something that I, I noticed that he mentioned, um, that ungrateful people believe that they are entitled, and then the more that you believe you're entitled to something, the more angry or, or a victim you become. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And it's just like, yeah, no, that's exactly it. I just kept spiraling deeper and deeper into that that whirlpool, that vortex. I want to bring up another word that I think he used, that uh, this this idea of um, I'm the victim, the victim stance. And we all know, we've all experienced our thinking error, thinking error kind of work work, uh, that we do with our counselor. And victim stance is very definitely, it's a thinking error that we've built up in our our thinking patterns. And and do you know, know, I've I've gone through that... uh, cognitive dissonance of that thinking error packet many, many times with a lot of different groups. And I think that victim stance is a universal favorite. It's used by... I think it's something most. that everyone easily slips into. Well, I, I think I think no matter who you are or where you're at in your life, it's 
it's such an easy it's such an easy one to fall into yeah. to feel sorry for yourself or think that you know what was me I'm the I'm the victim how come this always happens to me sure yeah everybody hates me nobody loves me all that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah yeah that's a uh, and he he harps on that he brings that he brings that full force this idea that uh, that universally we all think that we're victims and it fits so comfortably in the world of addiction mm-hmm. so absolutely incredibly comfortable in the world of addiction so yeah, I think you're right I think most of the people I think I've ever gone through a group with this victim stance is definitely a, a, a thinking error that that's universally universally applied yeah well I mean it's it, like I said it's really easy to slip into it's easy to believe that you know you know in our situations, you know, like with mine, it was really easy for me to believe that my ex didn't love me. Right. You know, because she was, you know, the things that I thought I was entitled to weren't being given to me. So it's like, well, she must not care about me. She must not love me. And then you start going down that rabbit hole and, you know, then your kids aren't listening to you. It, for a billion and one different reasons, they're not listening to you. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly, like, well, they, they don't listen to me. They don't care about me either. And then you're just like, well, no one cares about me. What the crap? Mm-hmm. You know, and you just keep going down you know, one peg at a time, deeper and deeper, and then you lean in, uh, you know, in our tool of escapism, right? And our co- our coping tool, and it just it makes us feel all fuzzy and warm, but it it doesn't. At the end of the day, it just no. keeps building and making things worse. Yeah. Here's an interesting question for you, uh, because I think it ties into these rule one and rule two. This idea of feeling entitled. Mm-hmm. How do you suppose that? Uh, we've all sort of come through now the COVID-19 pandemic and all of that sort of thing. How does that fit comfortably into what we're talking about here? Any ideas? Any thoughts? As far like, as... Like we now have entitlements yeah, as a result exactly. of going through that? that? Yeah, do you feel... Do you notice that there seems to be an entitlement? Uh, I, I do believe so. I mean, for a while there, the government was just handing out checks to people, so they were just getting free money with oh, not doing sure. things. I read um, an article in the news, Just uh, it was published in the newspaper, a local newspaper here just recently, uh, where a study has been done that's indicating that literally the age group of 18, mm-hmm. the age group of 18 to 30, is the most underemployed group that's ever been. Our entire economy is based on that crowd yeah. being involved in work. And it's uh, unemployment in that age group is ranging 15 to 20%. Mm. Hmm. That's a staggering number that to is. realize. And it's affecting a lot of different things. One of the things he said it was affecting also was. Uh, um, these people aren't participating in in, in marriage and mm-hmm. getting a job and childbearing. And so that literally what we've got is a decreasing workforce as a result of this age group that's not working. This yeah. entitlement thing. This entitlement thing. Well, none of that. I know a lot of them are, fr- they're, at least some of my friends in that age bracket, they're afraid to even go out. You know, um, another thing, you know, a lot of the kids that went through that, that through school are struggling in school. Right. Because it was just like, you know, just log in. We'll we'll trust you're doing it. And a lot of kids got free passes on homework and still right. got AIDS, A's, not AIDS. Um, and um, and now they're actually having to do work again in school, and they're struggling. Right. You know, because they they miss fundamental key things and components in their My learning. My point being is, I think that what's happened as a result of COVID nineteen is we've created literally a very large mass of people who are feeling that role of entitlement mm-hmm. and that role of entitlement really is it's it's a it's obviously it's a gratitude killer for one yeah but the net long-term effect of this is is that we could be i would not surprise me to see a major spike then in addictive behavior yeah oh i'm sure or or, or, or it'll manifest itself in any other 
uh, any other number of mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. certainly things like anxiety, depression, all of that right. kind yeah. of stuff. Agoraphobia. I mean, yeah. there's, there's tons of stuff. I mean, there's also victim stance that can come from this because, you know, uh, well, I, I know several people that are ill mm-hmm. from going out to Thanksgiving. That's normal. You get around other people. Sometimes you get sick. But now there's this huge fear of, it's COVID or I'm going to die and yeah, all or, these or catastrophizing. The, right. Or the expectation that the world is going to stop because you've got yeah. a little something, yeah. whether, it, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. That's something I've noticed at work. You know, it's like, oh, so-and-so sick. Well, then the whole world has to stop. And, it, you know, it's like, <laughs> nope, no. still keeps moving. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. I think that kind of goes on to that entitlement as well. Like, I think you're right. The world has to stop for me. Right. Very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. One of the comments he makes in this podcast, everything good flows from gratitude. But right. Then of course, the converse of yeah. that is, is that everything bad flows from some amount, some amount of ingratitude. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about that for a minute. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. I think so. I mean, the, the one statement he had that I think ties into that well is uh, victims, you know, people believe they're victims because they've been hurt in some way. And so they end up, because they're angry, they're miserable, they hurt someone else. Yeah, they think it's okay. Yeah, and they think it's okay. Right. So if you're doing the opposite, if you're grateful and you're feeling positive and, you know, and happy, you're going to help someone else. You know, and that's, it, it goes both ways. It's a domino effect both ways. Right. So I think if you're, if you're a very happy person and grateful, you pass that along, you know, kind of paying it forward and, and it. You know, if you're miserable, you're going to be ornery and maybe hurt someone else. And then they're going to hurt someone and it right. keeps going on. I think there's another aspect of that, too, is is that when one feels good or grateful, mm-hmm. we can use those two words almost interchangeably, but 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 the net effect of that is is that it's, it's a motivational power. Yeah. It moves us forward. So if I'm feeling good about today, I'm willing to to, to look at tomorrow. And if I know that I can do good things or and be grateful tomorrow... I have the ability then to see myself all the way through the end of the week, and and what that does is that it's a it's a it motivates us, it moves us, it moves us yeah. in the right direction. The opposite of that then is is just as you say, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait till somebody comes to bail me out. I guess yeah. I don't know what it is, but you know, literally, it's 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 a debilitating power mm-hmm. when somebody's not feeling grateful or good or feeling bad. They, there's there's a tendency then it's a it's a depressive, almost a depressing kind of a thing to watch them just literally shrink and not and, and not want to face anything and, in the world. And yeah. if you're in a situation like that, and I can I can speak to this from personal experience, you know, um, <clears throat> I'm angry, I'm entitled, and so then I make everybody around me's world worse. Right. Mm-hmm. And then cast myself as the victim. Right. Yeah. Right. You're well, not doing this to me. Yeah. Yeah. And what I noticed myself when I was in a negative spot, you know, if I'm in that negative funk... I'm seeing those things that, you know, you know, that definitely validate that funk I'm in, that the world is against me and I, you know, I am that victim. Well, all you've got to when do is I'm, create a narrative and then find the story to yeah, backfill it. Where I'm, whereas do. if I'm, I'm grateful, I start seeing all those positive all things. Those I things. start seeing the gifts and things and the, the wonderful things. So it's definitely a mindset. You know, it's kind of like when you buy a car and then you suddenly start noticing that car all yeah. over the place around you, but you never saw it before. Right. I, I think it's that same mindset. Once we, if we're in that negative thing, we're always going to be looking for that. But if we're in that place of gratitude, we're, we're going to start seeing that more and more. 
I think there's another component to that I think that's relative and important as well, and that is is that we recognize that we are not the source of all those good things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That there is a higher power at play here. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, whether we take a religious perspective of higher power, uh, I know that the 12 steps are based on this idea of God, uh, but that it allows us to really identify this higher power for ourselves, which I think is powerful. But the recognition that we are not the end-all, be-all is a good thing. That's a, that's a that's a critical, critical component of recovery mm-hmm. is understanding that we're not all those things and that, that, that good things do flow from a higher power and that there are forces out there that are at work uh, in our favor or against us and, and that we can, we can tap into those good things uh, as a result of, of doing good things. And that's a powerful, powerful thing. And so I think that's, that helps us understand us. It helps us understand step out of ourselves. Stepping out of ourselves yeah. is a good thing. Do you know what? I'll go, I'll go so far as to say that um, if you handle the situations in your life correctly, you know, we're all going to have challenges. You're all going to have, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of things to deal with. But if you handle all of that, you know, from a recovery kind of point of view, from mm-hmm. a place of gratitude, I think that all of those things will work together for your good Absolutely. eventually you'll find meaning in your challenges you'll find meaning in your struggles you'll you'll find meaning even in your pain you know and all of that from a grateful place all of yeah. that from a grateful place and it it will it will do something miraculous to you and and I think it will literally work together for your good I think it will make you into something that you couldn't have been any other way right yeah. You know, <clears throat> going, go ahead. I was going to say, I lost my train of thought. I was, my point being is, is it absolutely, I don't think it could be any other way. It will definitely all be for your good. So there were a couple of things that he said that really stood out to me that I liked. Mm-hmm. Number one, he said, you cannot find an, what did he say? You cannot find an unhappy, grateful person. <laughs> <laughs> You cannot find an unhappy, grateful person. Yes. You know, I think I'm going I'm, I'm to take that challenge. I'm going to see what I can do <laughs> to find another human being that is unhappy and yet grateful. <laughs> That's I'm, Stop and think about that yeah. for a minute. It's an impossibility. It, I mean, it really, really is. Yeah. I, I, just, I just kind of want to, to mull that over a little bit. And if that's true, and, you know... From, you know, I'm going to go on the premise that it is because, you know, thinking about it, you know, of course, I think I need to to ponder that and I need to go into a little bit higher resolution kind of analysis of it. But it seems to me to be correct. Mm -hmm. Now, if that's the case, if it's impossible to be grateful and unhappy, maybe I should try the grateful piece. Absolutely. You know. I'm going to add some other uh, some other outside sources to this sure. topic. I think that we've kind of introduced in some of other other podcasts. Yeah, we have. Gratitude, but uh, the reason because I've spent an awful lot of time uh, studying this particular topic. Mm-hmm. It's meaningful in my own life. Uh, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but Yale University actually offers yes a, a course. You can actually uh, you can actually uh, online mm-hmm. participate in the course of of the study of gratitude. And it's, uh, I think it's, I want to say it's 20 weeks. It's fantastic. The, uh, the, the professor there is, is uh, it's one of the most widely accepted uh, courses on campus at Yale. Um, all the freshmen are required to take it. Uh, but she does a great job. One of the things that she points out is, is that gratitude isn't in things. 
believe it or not, the things that we think that are going to make us happy have little scientific backing to demonstrate any kind of happiness. That being job, the perfect marriage, college education, the normal stuff, you know, things, an accumulation of things, all those ideas that we have in our mind regarding gratitude um, aren't, aren't correct. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to find it's impossible to find peace and happiness, or at least long, long-lasting peace and happiness, by accumulating those things. So those things that we have in our mind at the at 18, 19, 20 years old that are going to make us all happy, you know, it has nothing to do with the perfect marriage. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. owning all the things, a boat, a car, and all you know, the, all the great things that everybody wants to own, a big house. It has nothing to do with having a perfect job. And so I would highly recommend that course to anybody that's interested in understanding a little bit about gratitude. The second piece that I think is really interesting is, as it's brought up in some of the research and studies, it's impossible to be in a negative emotional state and be grateful. So coming back to the point that you're talking mm-hmm, about, mm-hmm. Uh, we all know from our own experience and from our, you know, our common counselor who shared this with us, but most most acting out behavior begins in a negative emotional state. Yeah. Yep, it's the first sign of a relapse. It's the first sign of a relapse. And so by experiencing gratitude and making gratitude the forefront of our life, we can, in some respects, actually combat this disease that we're experiencing in our life uh, by simply living in a grateful existence. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do believe, I do believe that they've demonstrated that if you express gratitude... Now, expressing gratitude looks a little bit different. We've talked about this too, but, but essentially, you you have to express the feelings of thankfulness for it to become mm-hmm. gratitude. Yes. Yes. Okay, but doing that actually changes your brain chemistry, which I think is phenomenal. Yeah. That's really you know, interesting. Th- there really is a a a bioneurochemical change. You know. Yes. And it actually sets you up the rest of the day to feel more positive emotion. It makes it easier to feel positive emotion. That's phenomenal. That really is phenomenal. Now, uh, along with all of that study, along with all that research, one of the things that, one of the offers that I ascribe to in terms of this particular topic suggests a gratitude journal. Mm -hmm. This idea of literally writing something down that I'm grateful for every single day. And what's, I've discovered a lot of really interesting things about that, about that process. I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. it sets me up for a good day to begin with. There are days it doesn't seem like it doesn't matter what I'm going to do. <laughs> you know, being completely grateful is, uh, I'm, I'm just beyond that. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not in a place where that's going to have a positive effect. But I do know this, and that is, is that if I, it's sort of the law of the harvest, right? Mm-hmm. The work that I did a week ago can now be tapped into. It's almost as if the idea of being grateful five or six or seven or 10 days or 30 days in a row means that the day that I have that bad day, my low isn't as low. Yeah. It's almost as though it has this capacity to make, to, to, to pay it forward to such that, that my low isn't as low as I normally go. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yeah. For those of us who experience, who experience those negative emotional states that are sound and deep, to have the ability to make that less deep as a result of some of the work that we did during a grateful time mm-hmm. means that we could have less of a negative day that day. That makes all the sense in the world to me, and it's very powerful. Well, the claim is made in the podcast that we just listened to that um, it'll make you a better person and a happier person, and you don't. And, and really, all you have to do is is start working on that. You don't have to take a lesson in morality to right. do it. You yeah, don't. Right. You just have to start expressing exactly this gratitude and feeling it. 
Well, not only that, you'll find in certain circumstances you can be grateful for things. You know, like my car accident that I had earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had some struggles with it, but man, man, I'm really grateful for it happening because you know, I was always really good in school, and I was really tough on my kids because it was like, come on, just do this. It's not hard work, but and they've had some struggles with ADHD and stuff like that and anxiety and that. I now understand what they were going through. And it's like, man, I was kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've gone back and I've apologized. It's like, wow, I can understand how hard it was for you guys to take a test now. You know, when I, you know, for me, it was always easy, but it's different for you. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I didn't try to understand where you guys were coming from. So that was a great gift out of that. Right. You know, and just trying to be grateful of all the various things, you know, like I can pay my bills, you know, I can, you know, drive around where some people can't, Uh, you know, I know there's food in my house, my house is clean, just those small things uh, are nice, you know, I, I come home, you know, when my kids aren't there, I have a dog that jumps into my lap and is excited to see me just as much as my kids are when I, when I get home on the weeks I have them, so it's, it's really nice to be able to be in that place instead of, Oh man, here I am have to go home again, just me at home by myself and my plants and my dog. Yeah. So it's, it's a much different, better place from where I was two years ago. I think it's a self-perpetuating kind of thing too. Yeah. You know, the, the more you practice it, the more you'll begin to look for reasons to be useful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you'll start looking for it. And I think the opposite is also true of, you know, Mm -hmm. victim stance and, uh, Oh yeah. No, you can feel sorry for yourself. I I think victim stance and entitlement you know you find one thing and it'll show you a hundred things oh for sure yeah he uh he he finished his five minute podcast with the with this observation he said uh for those people that are setting policy ask this question will this policy increase or decrease the feeling of gratitude Mm -hmm. now i I don't have much to do with policymakers. I don't, you know, they mm-hmm. can do their thing and we're not going to be able to, you know, in this podcast, change the world in regards to what the policies are. But th- that's actually a, a legitimate question associated with even our own, what we yeah. do have control over, mm-hmm. our own lives. What If what I'm doing right here is going to increase my gratitude or decrease my gratitude, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's a that's an evaluation that each one of us have to make. It's an evaluation that every day maybe ought to start with. If I go to work, is that going to increase my gratitude? Well, yeah, because it's allowing me to provide for my family. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. I'm grateful for an employer that allows me to go to work and, and provides in a meaningful way. I'm grateful for all of those particular things. So those kinds of things that I can do to feel and sense gratitude, uh, you know, are the things that decrease my gratitude, you know, or what are the things that I'm doing that's, that's affecting my gratitude um, or how I feel about gratitude. I'm going to introduce another podcast that you'd shared with us even this last week where he talked about the concept of masturbation and the effect that that has, the biochemical effect mm-hmm. that masturbation actually has on a, on, a, on a human body. And one of the things he brings up is, is that it, it robs us of this feeling, this, this feeling of well-being. And yes. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, in, in, in fact, I'm going to, 
I'm going to tease something for a future podcast. I think that, that we should look into that a little bit and talk a little bit about the, the dopamine deprivation and that yes. whole cycle and what that looks well like because worthwhile. that's something that we're kind of getting into right now and I'm finding it fascinating. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you guys. Yeah, that's uh, that was a piece of that. Mm-hmm. I, and as I contemplated what it was that this podcaster had shared with us in, in terms of just the overall general sense of policy making and how that affected me personally at a personal level. And then thinking about, again, in that podcast that you'd share, I thought, wow, that's, that's meaningful. That's powerful stuff. Well, I mean, you could also take that and kind of say, okay, is this thing that I'm doing today going to make other people grateful yes. and create gratitude out of that? I mean, I'm sure these episodes that we record and put out there, I mean, we've heard from several of our listeners how grateful they are um, for the content we've been putting out there. So, I mean, this is a, a component of gratitude as, as well. Um, you know, that's that service piece, doing things to give other people the opportunity to be grateful, I yeah. guess. Right. Yeah. I guess that choice is on them, but yeah. you know, so I was, I was, I was kind of thinking because as I came home, I have a little bit of a drive when I come home from work mm-hmm. and I came outside and it had been snowing all day and I looked at that and you know, there was my car and, and, and this is absolutely true. I looked at my car, it was covered with snow and I thought to myself, man, I am so grateful that I made sure that I had my that snow brush thing in my car today yes. before I left. And I said, and I'm so glad I changed my tires and that I have. I'm not going to have to worry about that, that all the way. That was yesterday, home. Gary setting up today's Gary <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for that, success. That guy was looking out for he me. Was I looking really out for appreciate me. <laughs> that. Thanks, yesterday, Gary. <laughs> yeah, that's a great concept, and that's uh, it's that expression of thank you. I think that's meaningful, even if it's just a, just even. You know, vocalized with yourself. Thank you, yesterday, Gary. Right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a you set me up for success today. That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, it's a big deal for me. I went outside later in the afternoon, and so I bought a house. And whoever owned the house before left two snow shovels, and I don't have a snow shovel. And so I, I walked out there. I'm like, I'm really grateful they left those two snow shovels. Yeah, thank and you. And I went and shoveled. <laughs> I went and shoveled my driveway. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. great topic. I yes. don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it can ever be uh, shared. Enough. Oh, and I'm sure no, we'll no. continue yeah. to discuss it. Yeah, for it, sure. It, no, sure. it's a great one, especially for someone that is definitely struggling with recovery or starting up their recovery. Yeah, you know, starting that that gratitude journal, looking for reasons to be grateful. It definitely starts changing your mindset and helping that along. Yeah, but before we wrap this up, I just want to point out something. Just want to point out a couple of things. I'm going to use Daniel's example. All right. We're going to dissect it a little bit. Okay. He could have made himself miserable over the idea that he had to go shovel his walk. Mm -hmm. He could have even avoided it altogether and then, you know, slipped and fell. Avoidance. That's a a classic. (laughs) But but you see what I mean? Just, Just changing it enough to look for something to be grateful for and say, oh, my goodness. I says, this is available to me, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, it would have been just as easy to have made that a drudgery, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, sure, and to feel yourself a victim because you have to go shovel your walk and you're, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because the snow fell out of the sky yeah. only in his yard, not in the yard next to it. Right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, but if you put yourself in that place, that's how you see the world. That's exactly yeah. how you see the and world. And then he'd have been a, a wet, miserable wretch instead of thinking this is so much easier that i had you know oh yeah no it was nice i just listened <clears throat> to an audio book nice. while i was shoveling my driveway yeah and and even though you had even though you had something that a challenge that you had to overcome mm-hmm. it it was something that you could do yeah. and that you benefited from it yep and and that's all that's 
I think that's the biggest point that I want to make is you there will you will always have your your walks Struggles, to shovel yeah. right whatever it is right all right and if you look around I am a firm firm believer that whatever your life situation is you always have more to be grateful for than you have to feel sorry for yourself about absolutely you yeah. know, and self pity is poison so you know special you know thanks to to the good people over at uh, you know the Prager you who put out that video and gave me something to think about. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. You know, if it's impossible for an ingrateful person to be happy, then I'm going to strive to be grateful. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a powerful, powerful comment. So very good. All right. Well, I guess that does it for another, uh, for another episode yep. until we're out of time of about gratitude yes yeah. at least till next year i'm sure by that time when it rolls around i'll be feeling it again because i love love the holiday season so yeah just find those simple things to be grateful for and let's see what uh let's see what amazing things happen so this is gary saying do the next right thing this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. And this is Daniel saying, find the humility in your recovery. Oh, and thank all of you. Thank you, everybody, for, you know. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We're grateful for you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H-STEP-PODCAST at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.